0: Welcome to the When Will I Arrive at the Happy, Joyous, and Free Ask It Basket Workshop. My name is Allie. I'm a compulsive overeater and your moderator for this meeting. Hi, everybody. Um, Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Before we get started, we ask that all cell phones or other electronic devices be turned off. Um, To protect our anonymity, no photography or visual recording are allowed. Um, The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. An ask-it basket is being circulated for the question and answer portion of this meeting. This meeting is being taped. If you enjoy this workshop, we encourage you to stop by the table to order copies of this workshop or any other meeting. They are available on CD or as an electronic download. Um, the format for this meeting is as follows. Two speakers will share for 25 minutes each, followed by 25 minutes of questions and answers. The topic for this session is, When Will I Arrive at Happy, Joyous, and Free? Our first speaker is Anya, <laughs> thanks. The speakers will now draw, and the second speaker, our second speaker is Julie, and the speakers will now draw a question, oh, sorry, that's how we're stopping, sorry. And so our first speaker is Anya, thank you.
1: <laughs> Hi everyone, my name is Anya, I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I'm glad to be here and uh, grateful to be abstinent. Um, And uh, we have a big topic for this meeting, don't we? Um, I'll start, though, with um, just giving you my staff and all that good stuff. Um, So I've been in OA since 1996, late 1996. Um, I've been abstinent uh, continuously since the year 2000, January. Just got a 10-year chip um, in January. Um, Let's see. I eat three meals a day, nothing in between. Don't eat uh, sugar. I don't eat flour. And I don't change my um, food without talking to my sponsor first. Um, What else with the stats? I... You know, I'm currently about 120 pounds. My top weight was probably 147, something like that. Um, my behaviors with food were insane. You know, I never got to be morbidly obese, but I have somebody that likes to remind me. Um, uh, you know, I would uh, eat all the eat all the Easter eggs, eat all the Easter candy. You know, that was in my house for all the people. Um, run off and replace it, and and. All that good stuff um, uh, always the only thing that allowed me to not do that um, and uh, so I've been uh, coming back for uh what is that twelve years um, let's see. um I really like the topic the topic the topic to me um you know, I was thinking about it before I came here, and, you know, my primary dilemma um, in coming to OA is, is that I lack the power that I need, you know, and I lack the power to stop eating. You know, I'd eat the Easter candy. Um, if you were my roommate, I'd eat your food. You know, I'd start at 10 in the morning. I'd go through the cupboards. Um, you know, I'd eat the ice cream. And, uh, you know, if you got back at, Lunchtime at 12 o'clock, I would know that you were coming back at 12, so I'd go to the liquor store at 10 to 12 to try and get the same brand that you ate, um, and, you know, or if you were coming back uh, from vacation, um, I got caught out very badly one time from someone coming back from vacation on Monday, apparently. That was the plan, but they came back Sunday night, and uh, their cupboard was empty, <laughs> So I've made, you know, I've made numerous amends to roommates, I've lied to roommates, um, you know, oh, hey, I had your, uh, hey, I, you know, I had somebody around last night, had your ice cream, you know, just didn't have anything, and didn't have any food in, you know, just had your ice cream, hope you don't mind. Um, and, uh, you know, I uh, really hit a bottom with that, I, I remember the third time going back um, knocking on this one particular roommate's bedroom door, you know, and making the third demand to her Um about eating her stuff. You know, I'd done it twice before. I'd knock on the door. I'd go, hey, I just wanted to apologize. I ate your stuff. Um, I've replaced it. I'm sorry. I'll try not to do it again, you know. And you come back the second time, you go, hey, it's me again. <laughs> you know, I ate your stuff. I'm sorry, I've replaced it. I'll try not to do it again. And I remember preparing to go back the third time and say that. And, um, you know, like, that's devastating. You know, it's just a devastating thing. And I think, like, the thing that's devastating about it is that, like, I can totally, like, to, to the extent that I could let that in, I mean, I could just see I I can't stop here, you know. And, like, I'm going to be coming back to this door you know, for as long as I live here, um, making that amend, if I have the power to make the amend, you know. Um, So, complete and utter powerlessness, um, complete and utter powerlessness over food um, is my dilemma. Um, Coming into OA and being able to eat three meals a day, um, you know, it gets me to the threshold, it gets me to the threshold of my life, you know, and that's my experience with it, so, um, you know, and it took me, it took me three and a half, it took me three and a half years to be able to be abstinent, Um, I was coming back, I was trying, I was doing service, I was trying to do what was suggested, couldn't stop, ate the roommate's food, ate it again, passed the same houses on the way to the store to get the roommate's replacements, you know. Um, so, um, and uh, so keep coming back was was a really good thing for me. Um, when I, I just don't want to tie. I, I want to get to the. I want to um, segue into our topic as well. Um, I didn't realize I didn't realize the extent to which I was powerless over other stuff in my life, um, as well as the food and. Um you know the a big one of those being being willfulness, you know um and getting abstinent i I came to find out how self will had been run in my life um, and it still you know it still does um and I have something to do about it um I've something to do about the food, and I' have something to do about the situations that my self-will can get me into um so I came in, um, I had a disability, I was unemployed, um, my health was bad and um you know, I, I got thinking about this, um I got thinking when I was thinking about speaking. Um, you know, I had a disability that um so I you know, I had issues with my hands, it's a stress related disability, um and um how should I say this, so the willfulness didn't help me um, I got it through work, I got it through overwork um, and you know the reason for the injury um, it's not necessarily the, so the reason for my, but part of the reason um, that I was injured is like I couldn't stop, you know what I mean I w- I'm a driven person, I'm driven with food and um, I am driven to do anything that's going to keep me from looking at the fact that you know, um, I'm afraid. You know, I'm a fear-based person. I think I'm not good enough, and I'm afraid you're going to find out. And so my way of life, you know, my way of life. Um, on my own, mo um, is to um, keep people from knowing that. You know, and I also, and you know, and the other. My other conviction is that you know, um, I live in a cruel, harsh world, and I'm not good enough to negotiate it you know. Um, so um, and through coming back to program i've I've found um, a way to deal with those things. The most important thing my sponsor said to me um, you know, uh, when I was talking to him in the early days is I I knew he had been able to stop eating the way I was eating. I knew he'd been able to keep it up for three years, and his sponsor had been able to do it for six years, you know. And um, he told me, you know, it can be different, you know. I would call him up and go, yeah, I did it again, you know, and I'd call him up and I'd go, yeah, the food looks better this time around, you know, the food is looking better um, than staying on my plan. And he'd go, he'd go, You know it's okay that you're not willing but that can be different you know can be different with the food and um you know in my experiences it can be different with the with the willfulness as well um all right I read at some stage in the um big book you know the new version of the big book there's somebody that's described the first year the first five years of abstinence as um being an emotional roller coaster um and uh I was relieved when I read that, you know, like when I was trying to stay abstinent um in my first in my first sort of five to seven years. Um I experienced it as a roller coaster. Um, you know, I would be sitting at my I'd be sitting at my desk, um I got abstinence in Ireland and I had a sponsor over here. Um, I would be sitting at my desk in Ireland, um waiting to be able to call my sponsor you know it was 8am over here it was 4pm over there you know I'd been up for like whatever that is I'd been up for 8 hours and I'd be waiting to call him and the, the level of anxiety and fear um, that I had uh, I'd never experienced anything like it and um, you know it'd be 20 to 4 and I'd be counting down the minutes ok can I, I'll call him in 20 minutes I'd be able to call him in 20 minutes Um and you know, one of the nice things—one of the nice things that I found, and I found it—I um, found it after year seven. Um, I found it after year seven. That's the truth. Is um, the roller coaster started to flatten out? You know, the swings are less high, the lows are less low. Um, and I really found, you know, my, it's just my my experience. But for the first five years, I was holding on to the guardrail like that on the roller coaster, you know, clenched fists. And the only thing the only thing that kept me going then was um, daily calls to the sponsor, you know. It was like a 24-hour plan. Um, you know, I don't think I can get through today. In fact, I'm convinced I can't get through today, right? You know? Because, like, my main problem is my head, right? So it's like you can't get through today. You can't get through today, right? You know? Just like... You need to eat. You know, food will make it better. And, like, it's a lie. But the thing is, you know, I need somebody else. I need a breaker, right, for that circus. I need somebody to break that circus. The person who breaks the circus is my sponsor. And that's how it went for the first five years every single day. And what it was is, like, it's a phone call where my sponsor was going, um, you know, I would just get a little bit of hope. I'd get enough hope for that to get me through that day. That's all and you know that's all I needed, and you know there's um somebody was was talking to me, you know and saying like the the headlights on a car you know they only need to you only need to be able to see to the end of the beam, you know you only need to be able to see as far as the end of the beam, and my problem is you know as a self will run riot compulsive overeater is like I'm arranging everything from like Ten years from now, you know, and like to live to live a life where you only know what's at the end of the beam, you know, like that's a new way of life, you know, like that's a new way of life, and that's what the 24-hour plan is, you know, and like that's what the 24-hour plan gives me on a daily basis, and like my experiences, and it's totally counterintuitive because I came in and I was like, I need relief, I need it now, I need to be better, I need to stop eating. You know, how can I do this? Let me do it now. And what I found is, and this really surprised me, is that the cumulative effect of, like, holding on, you know, at your desk, going like, I'm going out of my mind, this is wrong, you know, it's not right the way I feel, this can't be right, I'm in the wrong place and everything is wrong. Like, holding on a day at a time, making the call, the cumulative effect of that and like of staying abstinent, um, stuff happens in your life, you know. It's like good orderly direction, a day at a time, um, adds up, you know. And it's not what I wanted to hear when I came in because, you know, I was in significant pain, you know, like significant, significant pain. And, um, you know, my health has improved. The adrenaline is just so bad for your health. I mean, that's just my conclusion, you know. I mean, I ended up with chronic fatigue, and as I say, I ended up with a hand injury just from, just from like, pushing myself too hard, working too hard, anything to not, you know, to not look at my fears and stuff. And, like, um, my health has been on a uh, an upward curve. Um, and in recovery, you know, I have a full-time job. Um, I started out, you know, I got a part-time job. Um, I'm in a school. I got a part-time job. I now have a full-time job, you know, with benefits and um, health benefits. And, um, you know, like every step of the way, you know, because like when I was at school, you know, like the, the call I was making when I was at school was like, um, I'm afraid I'm going to fail, you know, I'm afraid of these people, you know, and my sponsor would go you know, sit with them in the canteen, go sit with them, and breathe, you know, that's what he would say, you know, like fear of people and economic insecurity, you know, like I have up the opinion, so the call I was making then was just like, I'm afraid of them, I'm afraid I'm going to call, I'm going to fail, and like I'd be in tears on the phone, um, The call I was making when I was doing the part-time job, when I was, like, trying to get the part-time job, was, like, I'm afraid, you know, I have a disability. I have to ask for accommodations. Um, How can I do that? And my sponsor would give me spiritual work to do around that, you know? The stuff we all know (laughs) and love, right? You know, what are the fears, write them down, um, take an inventory, call me back, um, you know, and, like, you get to know, like, you get to know your defects intimately, you know, so, like, it's it's weird, like, when you do a 10th step or a 4th step, like, my 4th step was really clear. Like, you get over to the My part column, and you've got, say, 10 resentments, boop, 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 they're all listed down one after the other. You go across the columns, you know, the whatever it is, the person, the cause, the, um, it affects my, whatever, self-esteem, whatever, and then, um, the my parks and the defects, right? Like there's no denying it. When it shows up ten times one after the other, you know, like perfectionism, people pleasing, um, self centric fear, self centric, fear, self centric, fear, self centric, fear, self centric, fear um, It's you know, it, it's kind of convincing, you know, like that's you know, like that's a that's a real gift, um, from working this you know that I got through work in the steps and um, I was all you know I mean um, that stuff was said to me I mean I, I just I feel very lucky because like that stuff was said to me and that feedback was given to me with, you know through my sponsor who wasn't in a judgmental way it was just a, like he's just holding up the mirror going you know take a look at this you know this is causing you pain have a look you know and and then literally, I mean, you know, I, I would just work out each situation as it went. Okay, today's situation is I'm afraid to go to the canteen with my college mates, you know. Um, and then, you know, like situations situations I deal with now are like, you know, um I gave a presentation in front of my colleagues in work, it didn't go well, I feel bad, I wanna kill myself. <laughs> like that, you know. But You know, the other thing, like, I was talking about cumulative effects, and the other cumulative effect there is, um, when you, like, when you're calling at your roommate's door every day and you're going, like, I'm sorry, you know, I did it again, you know, like, there's a cumulative effect there, right? And it's kind of like, you know, the cumulative effect is, like, I lack the power, I don't have the power, this isn't going to change, this is bad. You know, the forecast is bad. And when you, you know, have a way to put one foot in front of the other, you know, like, well, A, of course, like, the big thing is, like, you can eat three meals a day, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's the starting line, you know? When you get the ability to eat three meals a day to, um, you know, to, like, that's, like, Okay, so here's the thing, right? When I came in, when I came in, I was depending on other people's experience that a person could be abstinent. I had no experience that a person could be abstinent and stay abstinent three meals a day. Not for a week, you know, not for a month, but, like, for, like, a long term, you know? Although I would, you know, I'd take a week or a month if I could get it then. But, like, somebody could do that over the long term, right? No experience of that. So you take, I took, I would hold on to other people's experience. Started doing the actions that were suggested. Eventually, I got my own experience. You can be abstinent three meals a day over time and you can stay abstinent, right? When your sponsor's coming back and suggesting more actions to you, you know, after that, you're thinking, you know, hmm, the stuff he suggested about abstinence worked. Hmm, maybe this stuff will work too. Then you start picking up evidence that that works, too. You're like, okay, I, I was absolutely convinced I'm never going to be able to work again, you know, I've got this disability, I'm fucked. I know it's being taped, sorry. But, um, that's my experience, you know. And then, then you go, whoa, I got a part-time job, you know, just through coming back a day at a time, doing the spiritual and blah, blah, blah. And then you go, um, God, I, I didn't think I could survive through school, you know. I didn't think I could, um, I could do that. And not to say there weren't times that like <laughs> really felt that way, but then you're like, God, you know, I was able to go to school. Um, God, I'm able to have a, I'm able to have a job, you know. And um, what I found, I mean, my experience is that very slowly, you know, very slowly, like the wound up. You know, overworker, um, chain-based, uh, hopeless person. Like, the pressure that that, like, sounds like a big pressure thing. It's a, like a big pressure point for me, you know. Um, the pressure just, the pressure valve just got opened, you know. It just got opened a little bit, you know. And, like, the conviction that, like, the conviction that, A, I can never stop compulsively overeating, and B, I can never get to rights with these other issues, you know, in my life. Whatever the issues are, I mean, mine happened to be unemployment and disability. Everybody has the different issues, but mine, that's what they were. You know, it's never it's never going to be any different. Never going to get a job. Never going to think. And, um, you know... When stuff start, when you start, when you just cumulatively start being getting traction with doing those things, you know, it's like the um if you want self-esteem, do self-esteemable acts. It's kind of like that thing, right? Um, as you start doing the little actions, and you start things start changing, it's like the pressure gets released out of that fucked thing. You know, it's like, oh God, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe not. Like I'm a person that's convinced that everything is going to turn out bad. Here's all this evidence that it can turn out a different way, you know. Um, So, you know, I mean, um, I'm thinking about it at lunchtime there, but it's kind of like... you know I'm trying to I'm trying to date right now and um, and uh, at least you know I know I, so I know I want to I know I want to partner and you know my approach to that um, my approach to that I was thinking about it like earlier but like I would never get as far as taking action Based on something like that, you know, if I had a desire to have a partner, a I wouldn't even know that I had a desire to have a partner because I could I wouldn't be able to tell that from the food, you know. I would never get to to feeling lonely, you know. I would never allow myself to feel lonely because I'd keep eating, anytime it came up. Um, through not eating, yeah, I got you know I realized oh you know what I'm lonely, <laughs> and then it's like God I think I'd like to I think I'd like to go out with somebody, and but as far as that process would go would be um you know why don't i have somebody i'm not good enough i'm ashamed and that would short circuit that would short circuit that process that's as far that would be a continuing loop you know um today i get to go like i'm a, like today i get to go like i'd like to have a partner i'm afraid i'm not good enough not good enough is not going to kill me i have a, a way to deal with not good enough you know, and, I, um, you know, I've been working for the past, uh, you know, I, I I put in a good probably year's work of um, just working on that spiritual thing. You know, I want to go date. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. I'll do the inventory. I'll talk to my sponsor about it. You know, then I get to practice going on dates, which I've done, you know, and after each one, I'll go, I'm afraid they hated me, you know, they didn't, they didn't call me back. That must mean I'm not good enough, you know? And you start going. Like, your head starts going. The great thing about, like, wrap it up. The great thing about um, the step work is, like, like as you practice this, you go, like, and this is what's different about, like, where I started out from. It's, like, as you practice this stuff, like, you get that message in your head, right? She didn't call me back, so I'm not good enough. And your head will say back to you, that's not right, you know? Like, that's what, like, My head says that stuff back to me, you know. It started that my sponsor would say that stuff back to me, now my head says that stuff, right? So like my default is I'm not good enough. And um, through practicing the opposite of that, my head will go, no, that's not right, you know. I'll go on the next days. And, um, you know, and like program has allowed me to have a life, you know. Programs allowed me to eat three meals a day. And it's allowed me to have a life. It's not a perfect life, but it's a life that I have a way of dealing with and living.
0: Our second speaker is Julie A.
2: those of you who bought the CD, that long pause was the fact that I was handing my pictures out to people. Okay, can you hear me? Because you're looking confused. Okay, my name's, my name's Julie and I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, boy, howdy. Uh, this never gets easy, but uh, as I was coming over the San Mateo Bridge complaining about having to pay $4 um, to be of service. Uh, I just thought, well, you know, I used to drive from Whittier to West Los Angeles for a piece of cheesecake, so, so what? Four dollars. Okay, so um I think I'm one of the few people I know, who, well, no, I probably know a lot of people who can get upset over the happy, joyous, and free thing, and I thought, what do they mean by that? So I actually looked it up in the big book, Okay. And it's in the family afterward. Who would have thought happy, Joyce and free would be associated with any of my family? But yet here it is. Um, it says here um, that we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of our past. What they mean by that is normal people. I, have you ever talked to normal people about how you eat or what you ate, you know? I mean, they think I'm kidding. Or their eyes get really big. And I just realize at that moment, you're scaring your coworkers. Shut up. I'm going to read this, and then I'll qualify. It says, um, but why shouldn't we laugh? We've recovered and have been given the power to help others. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play don't laugh much. So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it was once just that for many of us. But it's clear that we did not make our own misery. God did, that, well, clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize on it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. I have never cheerfully capitalized on misery in my entire life, but I have to say that I think it's because of these 12 steps, it's not that I don't make my manufacture misery still for myself and others, it's just that I've stopped doing it on a um, production basis. You know, I closed down the factory. It's now sort of a little mail order thing. It's really not big. You know, I, I keep it active, but it's, you know, for tax purposes. Anyway. So, that's, I looked up, Yeah, you know, okay, what the hell's Happy, Joyous, and Free? So, anyway, um, and I think I know what it is. So, uh, about, you know, who the hell is this standing up here? Well... Um, I'm a compulsive reader, and that's for sure. Uh, I was a fat kid, an obese toddler, a fat child, a fat pre-adolescent, a fat adolescent, and a fat adult. I, um, I came to Overage Anonymous, and there is a story in the big book that talks, it's Women Suffer Too, and it says, um, The woman talks about walking into her first AA meeting and said, "Um, I found salvation, which translates into, I came home. Now, this isn't the home I wanted, okay? I wanted to be able to eat anything I wanted and stay thin. I wanted to ask God to remove the fat and wake up the next morning and be thin. I did not want to work these steps. I did not want to associate with any of you. Sorry, you look like nice people, but I just wasn't interested. I really just wanted to go after, you know, looking and being normal, and I have never been that. Um, a little bit about what it used to be like, and, uh you know, I, I don't count my abstinence before it's hatched, but if... I managed to make it through the month of June, and that's always an iffy proposition. I'll have 25 years of abstinence at the end of this month. Okay. And my top weight was 200 pounds. I'm averaging about a 70-pound weight loss for that amount of time. Okay. So, um, you know, when does happy, joyous, and free, you know, start? I think it started for me when I came to Overears Anonymous, my first meeting, because I might not have been happy, joyous, and free, but I came away with hope. I heard people doing stuff I had never seen anybody do. Everybody I knew had been on diets, because that's my family, and I didn't know anybody that kept the weight off. Nobody. Ever. Okay? And so I came here and I heard hope. I was not happy, joyous, or free when I got here. Um, I'm the kind of compulsive overeater who eats out of garbage cans. I'm the kind of compulsive overeater who um, would walk around with a one-pound bag of M&Ms in their purse at all times for quick energy value. I would um, drive and at stop-life take handfuls of cake and eat it, okay? I would and then your your steering wheel gets a little messed up but oh well, you know. It's just one more layer of grime. And um I would um I would eat stuff and hide it in another wrapper and then put it in the trash so as in, you know, you put the cookie wrapper in the you know, special K box and then put it in the trash. That kind of stuff. Um I was I came to as Anonymous over 24 years ago, and I I got abstinent, and, um, but I didn't stay abstinent because I didn't work all the steps. Um, in fact, I didn't work any of the steps, <laughs> truth be known. Uh, I took the first step. I said, I admit I'm fat. The second step to me said, I think there's some, this looks like this might help. And the third step says, if I have to turn my life and will over the care of God, I will as long as nobody's looking, and I don't want to ever have to do this again because it's humiliating. And then the fourth step, it's in English, but it completely baffled me. I didn't take it. The rest of the steps, well, I sort of practiced 12. <laughs> you know, I'm miserable. Join me. And um, But I'm thin. I'm really thin. I'm 98 pounds now and over years anonymous. I've stopped having a period. All my hair's falling out, but by God, I'm thin for the first time in my life. Don't you want what I have? And I started compulsively overeating at an OA no retreat with a year and a half of abstinence. <clears throat> and I went from 98 to 200 in less than three months. And, um, yeah. Uh, and this was in Southern California where temperatures were 102. Okay. So for the next two and a half years, I continued to come to Overeating Anonymous to try to get abstinent. And I would get maybe 30, 60, 90, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, <laughs> 90 seconds. And uh, the only time I quit eating was when I was in a meeting. I came here to come up for air. And I really didn't think I would um, be able to survive. Okay? And, um, but I didn't know where else to go, and I didn't know what else to do. And, you know, if you want to go duck hunting, it's a good idea to go where the ducks go. Uh, I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to stop compulsively overeating, and this is the place people do it. So I came here. And I didn't like any of you very much because now you had more time than I did. You were thinner than I. You don't understand. You're talking about being happy in abstinence. I'm frigging miserable. By the grace of God, somebody talked to me after a meeting, and I was able to hear her, and I found out that I didn't have to kill myself one day at a time anymore. And when I started abstaining, see, I'm happy to cooperate with the higher power, as long as it's on my terms. That's why the happy, joyous, and free thing, when I think about what happy, joyous, and free means in the program versus what I envisioned it to mean, it was like abstinence. I envisioned abstinence to mean I will no longer want to eat foods I shouldn't eat. I will be happy and feel comfortable in my abstinence at all times. And I won't ever be bothered again by food. As long as God will do that, I'm happy to abstain. Well, that didn't happen. What I got was I want, every cell in my body was screaming, eat something now. And I would like wake up in the morning, eat breakfast, think I could have eaten eight more of those. This is absolutely ridiculous. God, this sucks. And so, and so does Overhears Anonymous, but I'm going to wait till lunch. And then I'm going to binge. And so I would pack my stupid lunch. And I mean, I'd be crying and hitting the steering wheel on the way to work. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this get to work do my job you can bet I was a happy employee and then lunchtime would hit I would I would eat my lunch in like three seconds and think this is absolutely absurd nobody can be happy with this much food this is ridiculous I'm weighing and measuring at this time in case you didn't guess and nobody can be happy with this much food hell with this I'm eating at dinner but help me God just to get through the rest of this day so I'd get through the rest of the day come home Have you ever fixed your abstinent meal and had tears running down your eyes? Because you really don't want steamed broccoli and chicken without the skin on it. You really want something else. You know, I mean, I would call a sponsor and, ah, and she'd just say, well, just do it today. So I would eat my abstinent dinner and then go to one of your dumbass meetings, sorry, one of your meetings because I had volunteered and I don't know why. you ever have your hand just magically go up in a meeting when they ask and you're like, what is that attached to? Oh, my God, I'm volunteering. And they say, good, you get to bring the literature. And so you have to schlep the literature because I might, we are people who are not always loyal to ourselves, but we'll be loyal to the group. We'll be loyal to others. So I bring the literature, and I didn't, you know how some people, you could, I mean, it's like a thing of beauty the way they lay out the literature. Not me, baby. It's like boom, boom, boom. There it is. If you want it, take it. It's .5 cents. Um, Anyway, so I'd lay out the literature, and I'd be sitting there thinking nobody understands me. and, um, And then I'd end up laughing at something somebody said or getting a little hope. And then on the drive home, I would say, higher power, just help me to get home and put this thing to bed, meaning my head. And it was like that for about nine months. The gorilla was on my back for nine months. Of going to meetings sometimes four meetings in a day now where is happy joyous and free I'm not eating I'm not happy joyous and free all the time but I would have flashes of happy or maybe a flash of joy or free you know it's like wow I didn't you know do that is it would whiz by at about 90 miles an hour but that's okay I thought you know um, but it didn't stay with me very long you know because I mean I was you know crazy nuts, and, you know, obsessed. So what uh, what used to help me was going to meetings. I remember at age seven years abstinent, I heard a lady with 15 things, oh, okay, uh, with 15 years say, it, the food obsession has finally left me. And I remember, you know, throwing my head back and thinking, oh, thank God, I've still got eight more years to go because it ain't left yet. Um, that doesn't mean that I was constantly in the grips of the compulsion but I was from time to time in the grips of the obsession I love the speaker I heard this morning who says she doesn't do potlucks well 24 years later I don't do potlucks well if it's on a table I think it's mine you know I've eaten with normal people at a Chinese restaurant and they never got any food because we kept that circle thing whipping around so fast they couldn't grab it in time You know, and they're like, after a while, you hear this quiet little voice at the other end of this big round table going, did we have some vegetables? And I'm just thinking, well, I suppose so. You know, and you wheel it around like, you know. Um, Anyway, so happy, joyous, and free. One of the things that, this is what I like about the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It is our big book, too thanks to them, um, is it gives you directions on how to be happy, joyous, and free. It says, and this is for like, you know, people who are new. It says, we know what you're thinking. You're saying to yourself, I'm jittery and alone. I couldn't do that. But you can. You forget you've just tapped into a source of power greater than, much greater than yourself. To duplicate with such backing what we have accomplished is only a matter And nowhere on here does it say perfection, intelligence. It says a matter of willingness, patience, and labor. That's it. Willingness, patience, labor. What's the labor? The steps, the tools. So, I like that stuff. You know, um, it says it, I mean, I was, I go to a big book study. And in here, it talked about, you know, women, you know, suffer too. And it says in here, it described me, it says, I had been hypersensitive, shy, idealistic. My inability to accept the harsh realities of life had resulted in a disillusioned cynic, clothed in a protective armor against the world's misunderstanding. That armor had turned into prison walls, blocking me in loneliness and fear. That's what my compulsive overeating did to me. I never once said to anyone when they said, well, what are you doing this afternoon? I never said, well, you can come join me. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Safeway, and I'm going to go to a different checker than I normally do because I don't want them to know me and what I'm doing. And I'm going to lie. Uh, I'm going to tell them I'm a teacher, and I'm buying this for a class. And then I'm going to buy a whole lot of pastries and sugary candy items and then salty things because you want to balance it out. And then I might... I might waste my money and throw in a magazine or a turnip or something, but probably not, just to make it look right. And then I'm going to grab those bags of groceries, and I'm going to get also an item to eat on the way home, probably Pop-Tarts, and I'm going to eat those while I drive because I'm such a responsible driver. And then when I get home, we can go in my house, and you can watch me while I sit on my green Nagahai sofa and channel change and read Gothic romance novels till I pass out. How does that sound to you? We don't do that. It's a lone job, man. I'm by myself and I'm not telling anybody what I'm doing. And I lived like that for years. And that's how I did with the, dealt with the harsh realities of life. So, how do I get happy, joyous, and free? Well, for me, you know, I got it. I didn't plan on happy, joyous, and free. I wasn't shooting for happy, joyous, and free. I was shooting for I just want to be okay. I just don't... I just want to stop eating because I was eating like a wino drinks. I eat till I pass out. I come to and eat more. I don't eat till I'm full. I eat till it's gone. And I don't bathe and I don't go to work. I just eat. And I just wanted to stop that. And my sponsor, who at that time had five years and an 80-pound weight loss, said, you go to three meetings a week. You weigh and measure your food. You eat three meals a day with nothing in between and you call me every day. And I said, sure and I started doing that. Today, I don't call my sponsor every day, but I do keep in touch with my sponsors. Um, I also talk to people in the program. I average, I'm in more than one program, so I average about four to five meetings a week. I um, work with others because that helps me stay abstinent, and that's one of the recipes it says in here for happy, joyous, and free. It talks about in here, that near us, compulsive Overeaters are dying helplessly, like people in a sinking ship. If we live in a large place, there are hundreds, high and low, rich and poor, these future fellows of Overeaters Anonymous, among them you will make lifelong friends. You will be bound to them with new and wonderful ties, for you will escape disaster together, and, shoulder, and you will walk shoulder to shoulder in your common journey. You'll know what it means to give of yourself, that others may survive and rediscover life. That's a pretty, good, um, a pretty good thing to do. And that's what has helped me a lot. I find myself telling sponsees what I need to hear all the time. Okay? All the time. Um, I was thinking about this, you know, it, in there in the Women Suffer Too, it talks about accepting the harsh realities of life. I have run from, I think reality is overrated to begin with, but I have really ran from that all my life. And what Over Ears Anonymous does is it gives me the tools to deal with that, okay? You know, when I came in here, happy, joyous, and free, I thought would mean, this is what I want for happy, joyous, and free. I want my life choices to be things like, do you want the house in Malibu or do you want the house in Beverly Hills? Do you, you know, want to, run, you know, own and race, throw racehorses? Or do you want, you know, nah, 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 you know, live in Monte Carlo? It's like, what I get are choices like I got this week. You can lose $300 out of your paycheck, or you can work longer hours. Which do you want? Gee, okay. And I was feeling kind of sorry for myself till two friends called me and said, I just lost my job. And I went, thank you, God. You know, those are my kind of choices today, all right? My choices, what the program's given me, what the happy, joyous, and free part is, is I get to notice happy, joyous, and free. You remember, you know, after a while when you started staining that you noticed the world's in color? To me, it was all in black and white. Nothing's funny. Everything's serious. You know, when you drive by and you'd see those dumb, dumb bumper stickers saying, easy does it, and you'd think, easy does what? And then I could think of a couple other words. Um, but that's the truth. Today, my choices aren't do I go to Lucky's or do I go to Safeway? Today, my choices aren't do I eat or not eat? Today, my choices are who do I call first? And what can I do? You know, do I need to go to a meeting? Do I need to? You know, I mean, I need to do all of it. I love a speaker who says he goes. I don't know if it's steps, sponsorship, literature, prayer, meditation, writing, uh, or sponsoring others that keeps me sober. So I have to do all of it because I don't know which one's doing it. And that's the same with me. My program hasn't changed. I mean, I've changed but my program hasn't changed a whole lot in 24 years meaning that I still weigh and measure my food thank you because they say I know people who can eyeball it broken eyeball here baby I think I think a normal serving size is the size of my head that's a normal serving size and I still don't get it you know I I just normal people bother me you know they just you know, and the floor is simply a larger serving surface. If it drops and it's protein, I'm picking it up. Period. Unless it's dirt. And then I'll just cry. You know. So, and, then, and also I've got, you know, menopause. So, uh, I don't remember anything. Like, I don't remember what I just said besides the dirt and that I got distracted by food again. Haven't you ever had that happen? You know. Where you're talking and like it's like in that movie Up, you know, where the dog is talking. All of a sudden he goes squirrel, you know, and I'm like da 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 da, and then somebody will walk by with a trail and go food, you know, and then oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah yeah you know. But it's like, you know, it's it's just in there. Um, okay, happy, joyous, and free. I didn't know what happy, joyous, and free looked like. Today, to me, what happy, joyous, and free looks like is, I'm happy any day I wake up. I don't care how bad the day goes, if I'm abstinent today, it's a damn good day, okay? Bottom line right there. I can become joyous when I start noticing the joy I've been given, okay? Okay. I'm praying for God for this miracle over here, and I'm so focused on that that I don't see the ton of miracles falling over here because I'm so busy on, God, you need to work on this thing when I'm not noticing that I've been giving in an abundance somewhere else. So what helps me is to have other people in the program point out to me just what my life used to be like. There was a time when I could not even be responsible for taking care of a cat. And before she died, my mother with Alzheimer's, I took care of her, my husband, and I for five and a half years. Big difference between your mother and a Well, a lot of difference between your mother and a cat. The cat didn't talk. Anyway. <laughs> the, but, the ha, but I'm not always happy, joyous, and free in that I'm a girl who sees the world as the glass is half empty. Always have, always will. But I got this other voice in my head now that's the program that says, yes, and you've got a glass. There was a time when you were out of the game completely, you know. So, there's a thing. Um, one minute, 60 seconds. Great. There's a thing I, I clipped out, and I think it applies to a version of it. I'm going to read it. It says, nothing is more practical than finding... I'm going to say a higher power, the O'Rears Anonymous program, that is, than falling in love in a quiet, absolute, final way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, what affects, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you will do with your evenings, how you will spend your weekends and what you read, who you know, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. I think, for me, it's been a long and tumultuous affair. And I'm not always in love with being a compulsive overeater, and frankly, I'm not always in love with you. But I'm in love with the program. I'm in love with the big book. I've come to love a higher power, and I've come to love you. The thing I ask myself, often these days is when I am troubled or concerned, I say, Higher Power, help me to love you more. Help me to love my brothers and sisters in the program more. And help me to love myself more. Help me to serve you more. Help me to serve them more. And help me to serve myself. That means to not put things in my body that cause harm just for today and when I can't when I'm upset when I need a hand to hold I'm grateful I'm grateful that your hands are there thank you
0: Do we get questions from the Ask it Basket? <clears throat> the first question is, and either one of you can answer it, what program actions lead to joyous, happy, and free? Either one. What program actions lead to joyous, happy, and free?
1: I'd say any of them, done consistently. Um, I asked my sponsor at some stage, um, you know, I was saying to him, um, I was to do some writing assignments, and I was saying, "You know well, I'm sitting down, writing this. is this the right thing? Is this what you wanted? And he said to me, If you're sitting down with a pen in your hand, it's the right thing. Um, you can't go wrong. The one I personally get most traction from, and that's the most difficult for me is uh, lifting the phone um, and frankly, I go through um, I go through phases up and down with it um, You know sometimes sometimes I've no problem with this you know I'll get calls you know I'll get calls I'll make calls and all that kind of stuff when I have problems doing it um what works best for me is um I don't get on my case and I don't try and hide it that I can't do it you know so I'll just uh I'll just start talking about it, you know. I'll just start at a meeting and go, God, you know, it's been difficult to make the phone calls lately. I'll just tell somebody one-on-one uh, like that. And for some reason, I don't know why, but when I start talking about it, it's difficult. And, uh you know, the other thing, it, it moves me forward for some reason. The other thing that helps is um, when it's difficult for me to take the actions, I lower the bar. I just go, okay. You know what i can't work all the steps today you know whatever it is right so i might have a writing assignment i might have something um i just lower the bar you know i'm like all right um i can sit in the chair for 10 minutes i'm not going to do any any bit longer than that but i'm going to sit for 10 minutes you know either that or like i can make one call i can go to one meeting i don't have to share but i'll do that And it, and for some reason that just keeps me in the loop um, and as somebody said earlier, all of a sudden I'm at a meeting. Somebody says something I like. I hear something great. And the willingness builds, you know. The willingness builds, you know. It can be different it's just because you're not willing at, a, at one particular time. Um, you know, it can be different. And it builds, you know. I went to my first meeting, um, talked to nobody, took the brochures, read. Um, all I knew was I was coming back for my next one. And um, that was enough at that time, that was enough at that time, so.
0: Next question. How do you get through times that feel unhappy in the dumps and bound? How do you get through times that feel unhappy in the dumps and bound? Like happy, joy, and free, the opposite.
2: Well oh, I can tell you one experience where um, I went to a meeting and I told a guy that and he looked at me and he said so what newcomers are you talking to and I wanted to slap him and said so you obviously don't understand and frankly um, that is exactly the thing is it's so hard when I'm feeling not good to reach out I think that's one of the hardest things there is but if I can just get myself to a meeting or if I can just pick up the phone it really really helps a lot and then I'll be in a place where I'll hear people see things like this too shall pass you know or as my my husband used to cheer me up with this one he goes with any luck at all you'll get hit by a bus and you won't have to do this anymore and I thought, oh, and it used to perk me right up, I'll tell you. I said, oh, thank God, I don't have to do nine, I don't have to do 10, 11, Oh boy. Okay, great, thanks, honey. So, um, with any luck at all.
3: <clears throat> um,
0: Anya, what are your specific ways to deal with not good enough? Um this
1: is a great question, whoever put it. Um, you know, this is at the core of my disease, you know, I'm not good enough and somebody's gonna find out. Um, six and seven, step six and seven gave me the most traction and continue to give me the most traction with this. Um, you know um, and and particularly particular and 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 of course, I mean that, that entails doing four and four and five, you know. Um so uh, so you know, you've already you've already found out in your fourth step, you know, from the like millions of entries about not good enough, not good enough, not good enough that it's a problem, you know. And then you've shared it with somebody you know, you've shared it with somebody that has your same disease. Um, and then I started to get real traction about it. Um it would come up, so let's say, you know, I remember at some stage I asked out this librarian and um, she didn't want to do it. And this is just an explanation of it, how I deal with it on a, you know, item-by-item item basis, which which I do. Um, so she didn't want to do it. I felt bad, really not good enough. You know, when some of you were just like that, you're like, damn. Um, call my sponsor... And I would uh I'd call my sponsor I'd start identify it first of all. it's like with the food right? The first thing you start doing is identify if you go off your food plan. you know that's the first thing he had me do, you know, so call this, call it in if you go off your food plan, so I would identify in the same way I'd call it in, and I'd go, "Not good enough, wanna kill myself right now here's what happened um I started doing I started doing the you know, the thing that you say you'll never do, which is affirmations. Um and so and so, you know, um and this is why, right? This is why. When you look on your fourth step, like when, when not good enough comes up with me on my fourth step, this is how it comes up, um person, the librarian, cause, resenter for not going out with me, affects my self esteem, um You know, makes me feel like I'm not good enough today. My part. My part. This is the fourth column. My part. What do I think of me? And when you get to that column, always when I get to that column, it's like, you know what? This has nothing to do with the librarian, right? This is like, I think I'm not good enough. As I go on working this, you know, through more librarians that turn me down and stuff, (laughs) you know, soon enough you're writing the inventory, you're going, I resent, you know, the latest person that turned me down, affects my self-esteem, makes me feel like I'm not good enough. Then you get to the my part column and you go, what do I really think? What do I really think about Anya? And, you know, if you're, you know, if you're talking to people like it, it, program gives you the, uh, oh, there's that wonderful phrase. It's like accurate self-appraisal, right? It's like accurate self-appraisal program. That's what it helps us to get. And, like, you know, through, like, affirmations, you know, that I try and practice, you know, just for today, just for today, um, uh, you know, it's good enough to be on you. Just for today, it's good enough to be on you. Sure enough, somebody turns me down that day. I write the thing, you know. I resent them. Affects my self-esteem. Uh, my part. What do I really think about Anya? You know. And what started to happen was, in the my part column, I'd go. You know what? I think I'm good enough. I showed up. I asked. I think I'm good enough. And it's the same as I was saying. You start. When you, you know, when you do that on a cumulative basis, soon enough you don't need the the, the ten step. Right. Soon enough, somebody turns you down. You're like damn, you know, that's too bad. I like that person. Um, Who's next?
0: (laughs) How can I remain abstinent and of service even if I'm not happy, joyous, and free?
2: Who said you had to be happy, joyous, and free to be of service? I mean, I didn't come in skipping, you know. I go oh
0: I get to be literature
2: person or it's raining and I get to go out in the rain and open the door for the meeting. Yay. Um, how do you be happy, joyous and I you're abstinent? I'll tell you to me one of the biggest recipes for happy, joyous and free is gratitude. And it's not I have to be of service, it's I get to be of service because there was a time when I could not get off the sofa to be of service to anybody or anything. It's like, how did it used to be? How's that food working for you? How are you feeling before o a you know gratitude is, and I'm not saying this to be disrespectful or anything else, or whoever wrote this I'm really not, and I don't mean to make light of your of your question but Gratitude is an action. If I'm glad something happened, I say thank you. If I'm grateful something happened, I do something about it. Service is, well, I heard this in a meeting. I think it's true. If it's not convenient, inconvenient, it's not service. I mean it. And it's like, uh, the thing is, is I take my turn. If I'm being of service all over town in 20 meetings, I'm going to burn out in a hurry. But maybe I can be of service once in a, maybe I can be of service like once in a while or at a meeting, maybe my home group meeting. And also the thing, service gets a bad rap. You know, it's like service, service. When do I get off service? Do you know all this service? It's like service is when the newcomer walks in the door, give them a hug. That's service. Instead of saying hi to all your friends in the meeting that you know, Look for the face. I used to do this. Look for someone's face who looks like I feel inside. And I go up to them and say, hi, welcome. Do that and your insides will change.
0: I'm stuck. I lost 60 pounds and all my clothes fit again, but I have 100 pounds to lose. How can I get unstuck?
1: Um, first of all, congratulations. That's a big deal um, with the weight loss. Um, uh, I don't think it's unusual to get to a plateau. Um, And the first thing is keep coming back, you know. Um, I know two people that this happened to and, um, and, uh, you know, had a bunch of weight to lose, got to the plateau. um, And so, you know, it depends. It's different for different people. But got to the plateau, we're calling the sponsor, um, going, you know, uh, I'm stuck, weight's not coming off um you know and on the on the second or third call um saying the same thing um you know the sponsor suggested moving on with the step work and in both cases the weight came off um i don't know what's behind that um i don't know what's behind that um but uh you could have you know, it's something to have a look at. What's going on with the spiritual stuff? Because really, if you're doing the spiritual action, I mean, we have a program. Um, we have a program of spiritual action. That's what the solution is. Your higher power's job is to take the rest of the weight off. You know, that's not your job. And um, and that's difficult, right? Because you want to take it off. But, um, you know... My suggestion is, um, take your, f- focus on the spiritual action, you know, and, uh,
0: it's worth a try. I'm working on my, oh, I'm working on a resentment this month and found I'm really good at it. What do you do if you have resentment?
2: I'm really good at resentment, too. Um... I can remember ones from four years old. <laughs> They're all back here in a video catalog. Um, I find the most effective thing to do with a resentment is, number one, realize I've got it. Because sometimes I don't. I mean, I really don't. I just think, I don't like that person. Um, and when I realize I have the resentment, I, do, I use what's effective for me has been the four-step inventory in, in the big book to do it that way. I mean, there's a million ways to do this. But that's the one I found really effective, and I'll share with you this one little thing and shut up, is that um, somebody told me um, one good way to do a, a resentment, if you're not quite sure, like, get a handle on it, is be like a prosecuting attorney at Judgment Day. Send them to hell. Man, list every rotten thing they've ever done. Don't hold anything back. That, that won't tell you anything about them. It'll sure help you clarify your feelings about them. So let them have it.
0: This is our last question. How about bad finances? With $50,000 in credit card debt, I'm disabled. How can I be happy, joyous, and free? Any suggestions? My first suggestion is
1: um, abstinence you don't have a hope without getting abstinent um i i, I mean uh, uh let me rephrase that um you know i came in and my phone calls to my sponsor were like this hey you know i'm unemployed my health is bad i live with my parents um, my bank account is shrinking um and he would say to me you know i think if you um focus on the abstinence you have the best chance of dealing with these problems and I would go what did, I mean did he just hear me or what <laughs> could you know could not see a connection between the two um, and um, you know being abstinent just puts you in a place where you can put one one foot in front of the other and addressing you know the death problem and whatever other problems um, Whatever other problems come up, and you know for what it, for what it's worth, um, there is a specific twelve step program that deals with um, that deals with death. and uh, come and talk to me about it afterwards if you would like to do that.
0: Okay, it's now time to close. Let's thank our speakers and all who've done service. Please stand, and join hands as we clo- ah, please stand and join hands as we close with the OA promise. I put my hand in yours.